1: Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire, knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Mystery To Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery To Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more.
2: Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time.
1: If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases, exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry.
2: If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey, so as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it.
1: Spoiler alert, we're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised, press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious.
0: Anya, how angry are you?
1: Kevin, I'm so angry I could uh, put you in a rowboat and push you out to sea. <laughs> actually, no, not you. I would just be taking it out on you. I want to put Patrick McGowan in a rowboat and push him out to sea. And that that's interesting because you
0: actually are a huge fan of Patrick McGoon. I'm actually McGowan. a huge fan. But we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. You were actually known in college as being a big fan of Patrick McGowan.
1: Yeah, I was actually known in college. And and in high school, to a certain extent, I so spent no. So, to a certain extent, I spent a lot of my senior year cosplaying as one of Patrick McGowan's characters, number six. So, but so let's this, get this to is,
0: that. This, this tells us an awful lot about you. Yeah,
1: youth. really fucking does. Jesus. So what
0: what what did we just watch?
1: Well, Kevin, we just watched the last salute to the Commodore, the sixth episode of Columbo's fifth season. Which aired, of course, originally on May second, nineteen seventy six, a date that will live in fucking infamy.
0: No no, 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 Why don't we start with Patrick McGowan, and then we'll get to Columbo.
1: Yeah, let's. Because let's, let's, also, let's, generally, you're a fan of Columbo. I'm a fan of Columbo. I love it all. So when you tell me Patrick McGowan directing Columbo, on the surface, I mean he he's Patrick McGowan. To be clear, he he starred in he was a, he was the guest star in some Columbo episodes. Uh, he directed a few episodes. This one is the most infamous. Patrick McGowan was a, a a television star of his own right. He famously starred in the program Danger Man slash Secret Agent Man. It's where that song that you're thinking of right now came from. Yes, it is. And it's terrific. It's just like really kind of, it's kind of quiet 1960s spy fiction, kind of a more realistic version of James Bond. I really enjoyed it. I watched all of it in in middle school and high school for some reason
0: and I, I remember you've often told me this anecdote you're uh on a bus in college either going to somewhere or from somewhere and the instructor somehow stumbles across the information that you're a patrick McGuin fan and the instructor comes and takes you by the lapels and shakes you and what does that instructor say to you
1: you've got to watch the scarecrow
0: <laughs> So what is The Scarecrow? This oh is the show God. that's we're not talk
1: as well known. Uh, mystery, we're going to talk about that on Mystery Me someday. The Scarecrow is an insane three-part miniseries from like 1960s, 1950s uh, Walt Disney when they made like weird little shows like this. Patrick McGowan stars as an Anglican priest slash vigilante who dresses up like a scarecrow at night in order to help the... Uh, I believe Cornish, the people of, of Cornwall essentially smuggle various goods from France. And it's very weirdly violent and dark tone for a what's ostensibly just kind of like Davy Crockett in England sort of situation. It's amazing. It's insane, and I love it so much, and I'm so grateful to that instructor for bringing it into my life. And, in
0: fact, when you were courting me, one of the ways in (laughs) which you pitched woo in my direction was you you encouraged me to watch The Scarecrow. Let me take
1: you into my fucked-up little mind. (laughs) It's really weird, and I think you like weird, and I liked it too. He has – Patrick McGowan as an actor has this real – intensity like he just has this in, like you, he's intimidating he's like feels very he feels very intelligent and also very pissed off specifically at you like it, it, it's it, it's this weird vibe that works for him but he was in a bunch of disney shit it's weird anyways what he okay go. Ahead. should i say what he's most known for in my mind in in this day and age sure the prisoner and that's where that's where i think maybe we, we we're we're looking at things what, that's that's where how I, you know, I first watched Danger Man, and then uh, kind of an indirect sequel to that is this show called The Prisoner. Basically, a spy wakes up in a scary village that's run by people who are like, you know, everyone has a number, no one has a name, no one has any freedom, you can't leave, blah, blah, blah. It's very, very, very weird, trippy, psychedelic. It doesn't make any sense. The ending pisses people off. I happen to be one of the few people or at least I'm I'm sure there's other people who like it. I really liked it. It was weird, but it worked for me. I don't know. I just had a good time watching it. I guess it's very... They do a cowboy episode. That's what I
0: was say. Wasn't the one episode where cowboy. suddenly... Everybody's suddenly, cowboys. Suddenly, everybody's a cowboy.
1: Everybody's cowboys. They do an episode where a guy is like the bad guy and thinks he's Napoleon. They do... I mean, they're... Napoleon Solo? No. No, no, no. Uh, uh, it's a little yeah, bit of we'll come, we'll come to that later. But it, there's a... there's. Th- let me give you a sense of how trippy this is. Uh there is a, the reason reason they can't leave, you're like, okay, is it armed guards? No. There is a giant white ball named Rover that will bounce over to you and suck you up. And I guess you die then? I don't know. But that's how you can't leave. It's insane. They were on drugs or if they weren't on drugs, I don't know. It was just a, it's a wacky show. It's like, not that many episodes. I I, I think I, basically it's all it's all a big stupid meditation on like free will and like individuality versus conformity. So me being a really pretentious teenager, this connected with me. And so I wore the badge of number six, which is, of course, Patrick McGowan's character uh, on my lapel in high school to show that I was an individual by essentially taking the identity that is forced upon an individual. So I had mixed messaging there, but you were it, very
0: confused, there was a, like. there was
1: a point to be made. <laughs> and so all that is to say, I love Patrick Manguin. Okay.
0: Then let's put, let's pause there. Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about your experience and impressions of Colombo well, prior to this, prior evening. to
1: this evening. Well, and I, I I think you should also give your take on all that too, because you're a Columbo man longer than I have been a Colombo man. Uh,
0: You're not a Columbo man. You're a Columbo young lady. I'm
1: Columbo Columbo Miss. Um, (laughs) We're all Columbo men and Columbo Misses here. Basically, he's this, I mean, it's a delightful character. It sort of feels like kind of classic old-timey mysteries where, you know, very unrealistic. One genius guy is going to solve it all for us. And they introduce you in the beginning to who the killer is usually. And then you see this guy, Columbo, put it all together. And what's fun about it is he's played by Peter Falk and he's this kind of rumpled, ruffled kind of like acting like a fool. Oh, what's this? I don't know what this is. Oh, what's this? Duke. Wow, that's really cool. And but like he like he seems really like just kind of, you know, just disarmingly genial, not so smart guy, but on the inside he's like out to fucking kill you. Like he's going to fuck up your shit. He's really smart, and he's waiting for you to fuck up and say the wrong thing so he can arrest you and get you sent to San Quentin. So uh, it's it's a delightful show. It's just always, like, be, these kind of... Oftentimes, it's, like, him, this working-class guy, versus these fancy snobs, killers who think they're smarter than him and then just make up a... You know, like he gets them in the end. And you're like, yeah. So it's just a very satisfying show. I've, I've often really enjoyed it.
0: So it would seem... It would seem... That if there was one thing, one creative force that you'd like and admire, and you take that and you add that to a program you admire and enjoy, that the end result would be a bounty of happiness nope. and pleasure.
1: Nope. The result was out to sea. Do you have any? I mean, what were your impressions? You've ne- You've seen this before. I've not seen it before. You've not seen it before, so you you didn't know. I mean, you like Patrick. I've heard, I've heard about it. You like Patrick. You 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 watch The Prisoner, right? I watched some episodes of The Prisoner. You haven't seen the whole Prisoner, but you but you you had no complaints about Patrick McGowan. I had no real complaints about Patrick McGowan. You had no real complaint. You didn't talk to his manager. That's right. That was just between him and me. <laughs> it got resolved eventually. <laughs> And then what about Columbo? I think you've probably watched more Columbo than I have. What's been your impression of that?
0: I've watched most of them. I started watching it when uh, it was revived in the uh, late 80s after having been off the air for, I think, uh, about 10 years. Oh. The star Peter Falk returned to the role. Uh, The scripts weren't quite as good, although they were were certainly better than what we saw tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this, This fell off a dock. You know, this... This took a long walk off a short pier.
0: I think the last Columbo was in 2003. And it was called something like Columbo Loves the Nightlife. And it has him getting involved in like modern uh, or what was modern in 2003, like nightclub stuff.
1: Good God.
0: And uh, the villain in that episode was the male lead from uh, the show The Americans.
1: Jesus Christ. Well Well,
0: that's a show where like every week, I only saw a couple of episodes, but like every week the male star would wear like a different bad wig.
1: (laughs) It's like our house. (laughs) Did
0: you watch that program?
1: No, no, I never did. I just, I don't know something about it. I was like, I I don't know. I just, it it just didn't seem like it was, I like spy stuff, but I, I don't,
0: I don't know. You want the, the spy stuff to be surreal and not make any sense. Yeah, Patrick I want. I, I
1: want. people to be in a little village wearing strange and selling outfits. me cowboys. And but now we're cowboys, baby. You know what? That's what I. I mean, like, yeah. Let's do a cowboy episode. Fuck it. Nothing makes sense. Everyone has numbers. It's just fun. I mean, there's a big chessboard that we're all standing on for some reason. It's just there's like fun. a cowboy episode of Star
0: Trek. Yeah, like Everybody was doing
1: everyone's it. Everyone's doing it. Come on. You got to do cowboys. Everyone. Let's have some fucking fun. Should we do a cowboy episode of Mystery to Yeehaw! Me? Yeehaw! <laughs> Lapping my hat around. Doing my lasso. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. Let's get to the fucking. Let's dive in, as they say. Dive into this mess.
0: This is generally considered by uh, most people to be uh, the worst episode of Columbo by far. If you go to the IMDb page for this episode, uh, there's a lot of bad reviews.
1: Let me just preface by saying, if this were 30 minutes, it would be a fascinating mistake. But at an hour and 30 minutes, it becomes purgatory. I felt we were stuck In limbo, just waiting for the thing to end, and the 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 bizarre pacing, which is predominantly, in my view, the huge problem with this pacing, uh, becomes less of a charming oddity and more like just grading on your. Like I felt like this, I felt like this episode was made to specifically annoy the viewer. Like if you told me Patrick McGowan just decided, you know what, I want to fuck, I want to, I want to fuck with these people. I just want to piss them off not in the fun prisoner way where it's all explosive and bullshit at the end but like in a very quiet like like Ugh.
0: the pacing was way off everything was much slower than it needed to be lots of irrelevant information was repeated over and over again
1: you had a really good analogy for it
0: oh i said uh betraying my age i said it was a uh, like uh, a record played on the wrong speed
1: yeah it sometimes when we are doing our little audio podcasting wizardry we something gets fucked up and so, like suddenly the file that our voices sound like you know, like sound really deep and slow and it felt like it felt like it was like you the, the the words i'm saying are correct but everything sounds completely fucked up and that's what that's what this episode was for me, to use a more modern version of your anime. Peter
0: Falk, who plays Columbo, often seemed to be, like, intoxicated or, like, really, really tired. Someone, like,
1: did Patrick McGowan drug him, <laughs> like, to get a per- the, to get the performance he wanted? At one
0: point as we were watching it, you said, uh, I don't know what this says about me, Kevin, but I understand what he's trying to do.
1: I think, like, he was trying to just be a little bit too smart by half uh, and, like, kind of, you know lean into some of the silly or not silly, but like kind of just weird shit of like people having these weird interactions and like make it almost like slice of like, like make it kind of like realistic, but also like he was kind of trying all these like different shots that you could tell he was trying to make them look a little bit more arty or interesting, but it was just like, like either he couldn't do that with whatever setup or budget they had Or it just, he didn't have the right ideas to be able to translate that. But like, as I said in the beginning, 30 minutes in, it's bad. But I'm interested. I'm interested in what makes it bad. Or maybe why it kind of came a a little bit close to being...
0: Yeah, at one point you said, Kevin, I hate this, but I don't
2: hate it. And you
1: know what, Kevin? You may be taking the, the, the role of the baffled spouse in this situation, but you heartily agreed with me and said, I don't know what it is, but you're right. So what did you think it was, Mr. Smartass? (laughs) (laughs) This man once told me, because I'll be like, Kevin, I hate it when you go on mystery to me and say like, oh, Anya, why did you think this? (laughs) You dumbass. And (laughs) And... Like, I'm the voice of the audience. Yeah, you're the voice. of, the, And meanwhile, you were in there hooting and hollering and completely agreeing with me. And he said, I think conflict makes the show better. So you're the fucking Patrick McGowan of this fucking program. So don't give me any of that. I don't know bullshit. I wasn't talking
0: in a British accent. Like, oh, conflict.
1: Conflict. Conflict is the heart of mystery to me. What did you think almost make it work? Because there was a second there. It almost like it's like it felt like it was like you know how sometimes you're you're doing some mechanism and it's like you need like 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 a hook to go in a certain chain and like you can't quite make it like it almost went in though to me. Like but then it kind of once it didn't here's here's a good analogy. It's like a car it good? it's a car going up a very steep hill. And like, once you get over the hill, you can just use gravity to get down, but it doesn't quite get to the top and then we're rolling back. And so this, a lot of this felt like we almost got there, but then we just completely rolled back and it was a disaster. Ophthalmologist, Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. So for you, what was he trying to do?
0: I think he was trying to stretch the character and the format. And one thing we haven't mentioned was that he did make a pretty significant break with the Columbo format. The, the Columbo programs, each episode begins with us seeing the Uh, murderer commit his crime and it's always a very clever crime that seems to be almost a perfect crime and then Columbo comes in and gradually figures it out and so there is an interesting cat and mouse thing where we see oh how's Columbo going to figure this out in this one the viewer and Columbo believes that the wrong person is guilty for a significant part of the running time and then after that point, we don't know who the actual killer is that Columbo is trying to get. and He doesn't even seem to know who it is.
1: Yeah, so it's like... So
0: it's very different.
1: It's very different, and it doesn't work at all. Like, maybe when we describe it like that, it doesn't sound like a fatal flaw, but uh, the, the formula works, and if you're... If you're, like, expanding upon it to show that Columbo is human and fallible, okay, character development. But, like, that's not what we get from this. It just makes it more hard to follow.
0: There were, there, there were a number of long sequences where things were either over-explained in a dull way with, with, like, oh, oh, this is a self-driving uh, mechanism. Also, it drives itself. Yes, it's self-driving. Oh, so he means that no one needs to do anything with it. Yes, it's self-driving. But well, where's it's... the
1: driver? It's like, so
0: ah! that's, that's not a bad paraphrase of one scene that seemed to last a few minutes. And then there are other things that aren't explained enough. Like, there's this long scene with stencils that, uh...
1: They're, like, putting together, like, how to spell sales. And you're like, what is this, fucking hooked on phonics with Columbo all of a sudden? I, I had no idea what that was all about. I think I missed something because I was, like, zoned. My eyes were glazing over. I felt like he was trying to take an arty approach with some of the cinematography, but it just doesn't translate at all. Just ends up, look, a lot of the shots look, like, really cluttered and, like, not impressive.
0: You we you take, take an arty approach, are you talking like... Pretentious. Like, like, a, like Artemis Gordon?
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to head that off of the past. Yeah. Jesus.
0: This is, my, this is why I don't talk. <laughs> you, 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 you're not a very good straight person.
1: If Artemis Gordon had been in this, he would have just taken one of those boats and just sailed off. He would have, this wasn't very, it wasn't fun.
2: No,
0: there wasn't. There were some things that were within shouting distance of humor, where they were trying to be funny, but it didn't work.
1: I bust out laughing once, and I think it was more of like a pent-up nervousness forget what it was but there was like one thing that me I don't even remember
0: I remember what it was what was it uh, when the
1: screen went blank for a commercial <laughs>
0: uh in this episode uh Columbo inexplicably has a young assistant played by uh, a young Dennis Dugan and during the big final confrontation at a library where all the suspects are gathered like a thin man movie except those are entertaining uh, he turns over, the, the young guy turns over to a sheet of paper and says, and here's all the suspects. And Columbo says, don't show that yet. And you just burst out laughing yeah. like that was the best thing you'd ever that heard. That
1: the best thing I ever heard. Thank you, Patrick McGowan. Just so starved for anything remotely entertaining in this episode. I, I just, oh, uh, God. It, have you seen other Patrick McGowan-directed episodes of Columbo? Yes. Are they bad?
0: Some are better than others. Some aren't great, but this isn't a class by itself. Some are quite good. Uh, one of the final episodes was, I think, called Ashes to Ashes, where Patrick McGowan plays a celebrity funeral director. And that <laughs> one was pretty good.
1: Yeah. I mean, it... it it's, it's like this is just... that that's
0: a show you would watch yeah. a reality show about a celebrity funeral director. Oh, my God,
1: I probably would. yeah. <laughs> Especially if Patrick McGoon was doing it. I just I uh, Kevin, I just don't understand. I don't understand why nobody like I think you got some more context on this because you you've been reading a book about this subject.
0: About this episode in particular. But, well,
1: I think it, it maybe shed some light on some of the things behind the scenes.
0: Uh, There's always a lot of production turmoil behind the scenes. Peter Falk was difficult to work with, and at some point, well, maybe it's just not worth going forward. And so, this was for a brief time thought to be well, this would be the last ever episode. And in the end of the episode, in fact, Peter Falk gets into a little rowboat <laughs> and rows himself off into the sunset. But right before that, uh, he. Uh, He pulls out his cigar and asks for a light, and somebody gives him a light and says, I thought you were going to quit. He says, and he kind of almost looks to the camera and winks and says, I was thinking about it, but not yet. And a long, long pause, and then he says, Not yet. And then he nods thoughtfully and then walks out very, very slowly to the boat, humming, This old man. It rows off into the sunset, and they call out to him, "Where are you going?" He says, "I'm going to meet my wife at the yacht club."
1: I wished we could do that after watching this. Because <laughs> I mean, I don't. Uh, it. Why? Why? If they wanted this to be the grand finale, why did nobody rein Patrick McGowan in and say, "That's not how it's done, man"?
0: If this is the grand finale, maybe this is the time to do things a bit differently. This is there a last chance at bat? Let's, let's break the formula. Let's push some boundaries. These outmoded uh, middle class values and ideas about entertainment <laughs> and coherency. <Bourgeoisie.
1: laughs> God damn. Yeah. I, I think that's what he was trying. I think he was trying to do something like let me break the format. I'll blow their minds like I did with The Prisoner. And it just ended up sinking like a stone to the bottom of the sea. <laughs>
0: So other than The Prisoner and, and Scarecrow, are there other Patrick McGowan projects you admire? Well,
1: no, I, not, I mean, like, not really. I, I Except Danger Man. Love that. But I, he was, I mean, he was almost James Bond. I just like the intensity that he brings to those different roles. He always just seems, like, very smart, very pissed off. It's a good combo, in my opinion. And there's one movie that he's in that's, like, so, like... I don't know what they were thinking. There's a, I frick, I can't even remember it. It's like something Thomasina, and it's about a cat. He like is a veterinarian who like puts down his daughter's cat. That's all I remember about it. But it's a Disney movie from like the sixties, and it's got the little girl from Mary Poppins in it. I remember watching it and being like, as a kid. What the fuck is this? <laughs> of
0: course, you're talking about the three lives of Thomasina?
1: Yeah, isn't that insane?
0: So he kills his daughter's cat?
1: Yeah, that's pretty... Patrick McGowan shows up, just kills his daughter's cat, and he, like, doesn't believe in God because his wife died. Jesus. <laughs> that's it back when Disney on, was going nuts.
0: <laughs> it's based on a novel by the guy that... Uh, or the Poseidon Adventure.
1: For a while... Wa- Interesting. For a while, Disney, like the TV shows, there was like a couple of ones that went off, like that went on that was like, it was essentially like, Hey, look at this cool guy. He kind of breaks the rules against the evil empire in a sort of family friendly way. Or he kind of, you know, is in the frontier in a family friendly way. You know, Davy Crockett is one example. Uh, like they, in this and and I think they were trying to fit the scarecrow into that, but it, it was way too dark to really uh, I think work. And also the issue it was based on a series of novels called like the Doctor Sin novels, which I think were even more dark. And also it doesn't really work because I don't think American audiences know that much about like issues with in Cornwall with smuggling and why you know those are you know why those people were being oppressed by the crown. So, I mean, I love it, but I don't think it was a rousing success in terms of like how it was received, because it it only just they just did three episodes, essentially. There was like that weird historical obsession that kind of was a underpinning of some of the early Disney TV projects. So that's interesting to me. (laughs) (laughs) She said defensively.
0: (laughs) I'm vlogging for that episode. And
1: Kevin's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Get me out of watching the fucking... Sca-. You'll admit that as a baller theme song. Yes. Scarecrow. Scarecrow. The soldiers of the King fear his name. <laughs> it's for kids.
0: <laughs> Maybe we should have watched that tonight.
1: Honestly, it would have been more entertaining.
0: Was there anything redeeming about this?
1: You often say that... It's better to fail while trying to do something different than to, you know, just make the same bland crap all, you know, over and over and over again. (laughs) So on that note, uh, they did something different.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: I didn't feel like it was made without affection for the show. It wasn't like a hate letter to Columbo. Of like fuck this whole thing.
0: Something I was is that we were watching it. I was surreptitiously skimming some of the reviews on IMDb, and, and some people there seem to think it was a little bit contemptuous. Uh, of,
1: it, it may be a little bit, maybe a little bit of the kind of like, well, he doesn't even know what's going on. He's not that smart.
0: <laughs> He's just a big dummy. Why don't you pay attention to my other roles?
1: I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that hateful though. I think it was just, I think it was mostly just trying to break out of the mold unsuccessfully. Cause I think if you're going to break out of the mold, fine, but like have a reason to do so. It didn't feel like it just felt, it was like, let's just do something different. Cause I'm Patrick McGowan, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it tried to do something different. It tried to take a kind of weird, weird approach to some of the pacing. Was it, was the slowness supposed to be more artistic or more, like, moody or something? Is that what it was? Was that what they were going for? I have no idea.
0: <sighs> Cinema verite.
1: Cinema verite, Columbo style.
0: Some of the, the scenes where the information was repeated over and over almost seemed like it was improvised, and not in a good way.
1: I think you're on to something. That scene where they were doing all the boom, mizzen mass jib-jib <sighs> crap on the boat. Made made it seemed very improvy. Oh, and and Robert Vaughn is here. He's of course Napoleon Solo in the Man from Uncle. One of your favorite ever, ever shows. That's not true. You're making me sound like a nerd. I did. I have watched the entirety of the Man from Uncle for some reason. It's not my favorite. Yeah, so
0: show. you're not a nerd at all.
1: No, I'm not. Very. I'm a jock.
0: <laughs> so you watched the whole show. I watched the you, you whole show. You just didn't like it that much. It's
1: not very good. I mean. He's charming, uh, Ilya Kuryakin. I forget that actor's name. David McCallum. They're charming together. They're this weird, like bromance. American and Rough, Russian what, guy. What
0: age were you when you watched the entire? In, movie? in
1: my teens, I, I I watched a lot of spy shows in my teens. I don't know why. Actually, I get. I, I don't know. I I just I watch a lot of boomer stuff. I Grew up watching like boomer. Here's a. boomer. I'm a huge boomer. Yeah, I'm Here, basically... here's boomer. What's here's boomer? <laughs> is that what you're saying about me? Like, here's Boomer.
0: Boomer. <laughs> is, is it, uh, if you want to really oversimplify, it's kind of like an American version of the Littlest Hobo. Okay. It's a little dog named Boomer who travels around. You know, he's, he was he's never going to settle down. He's going from town to town. He's Boomer. And what I remember about that show as a child is there's one episode where he could talk. They just did it once and it's like geez don't blow our minds like this <laughs> and then take it away it's like suddenly this dog that I've been watching he can speak and, I mean we could actually he couldn't talk that'd be silly but we could read his thoughts
1: oh okay. we'd hear his
0: thoughts aloud so
1: he's not talking to his like other characters he's just, that'd
0: be ridiculous he's just talking
1: to you specifically this isn't
0: like a mr. Smith situation this was a talking dog by which I mean a thinking dog and then they, did, then they just stop yeah.
1: it. I can all dogs think. <laughs> have
0: you met our dog, Lanny? It
1: would just be like radio, in like like blurry snow sounds.
0: Why, If you're going to do a talking dog, why don't you just keep the talking dog?
1: So does he, like, see so he has adventures? He's, yeah. But he doesn't have a family.
0: He's Boomer. He's never going to settle down. Well, maybe. He's it, wandering from town to
1: town. Maybe it's not. Those are the only
0: two lines I remember. Really?
1: Forward. Maybe it's not so much that as that he's just looking for Boomtown.
0: <laughs> Which is a show we uh we covered extensively.
1: Been waiting for a while to make that joke. Boomtown baby. Boomtown.
0: This makes Boomtown season 2 look good.
1: Yeah, it did. Wow. Talk about it. I mean that that just like took all the personality out of the first season and just like hey throw this out and then just made it this pale imitation, but,
0: but Patrick McGovern is probably dead by that point. Yeah. You can't, can't, <laughs> can't
1: blame him for that. He snuck back in. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'd be interested in checking out some of his better episodes and seeing maybe, maybe if we watch his better episodes and see what succeeded, we can see. I still don't understand. I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm crazy. Cause I feel like I can't quite put my finger on what was so bad about this other than the general pacing episodes. But like, usually don't you think when you see a director try and fail at something, it's pretty obvious, you know, maybe a semblance of what they were going for. Yeah. And I don't know what he, I I don't feel like I understand what his, what he was rowing his robot boat to on the horizon. You know, it wasn't the fucking yacht club. I, I just don't know where he was going with this. But anyways, this Commodore, he owns big yacht company. He gets murdered. At first, you think Napoleon Solo did it, and and we open up with him like doing stuff and like hiding his body. But then it turns out that he's only doing that because he thought his drunk alcoholic wife killed his, you know, killed killed her her dad, his father in law, and then. Blah, blah, blah. there's a guy named Swanee he's his nephew blah 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 there's a fancy lawyer who goes with sex workers and you think
0: you think that uh at least Columbo has a always has a good soccer ending where they, they they have a dramatic way of capturing the bad guy
1: yeah instead this is just Columbo getting in people's personal space making them listen to a ticking watch and a woman saying the woman who's like the alcoholic daughter of the deceased oh also uh, Napoleon Solo gets murdered <laughs> in the interim you think he's the killer at first but he gets murdered and it's not
0: clear to me maybe it's clear to you why was he killed
1: uh he, maybe the agents of thrush got to him mm. <laughs> those are the those are the bad guys in man from uncle anyways i don't I, I think it was because he figured it out i don't know it I, Everyone, you know, they, they make them, they make you think he's the killer at first, but <sighs> then he uh, then they gather them all do a thin man style situation, and it turns out it's a guy named Swanee who I think was the deceased nephew. But it's like so long and boring. It's really hard. It's really hard to pay attention. Yeah. And you know, Columbo should at least have you entertained, and this one just. Uh... <sighs>
0: And before people write emails, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Boomer's thoughts were only heard in one episode, which aired as a special, on December 7th, 1980. When the series returned with new episodes in 1981, the gimmick was dropped. Viewers could no longer hear Boomer. Isn't that heartbreaking? Doesn't that make you sad? Yeah. Don't you hear what that dog is thinking? What's on his mind? I bet he's got something to say.
1: What questions would you ask him if you could talk to him right now?
0: Why didn't you ever settle down? <laughs> Why were you wandering from town to town? Was he like, did he have like an ideal in his mind? If I meet these, if I meet a people who are perfect, I'll settle down with them. And he just Was he just a perfectionist and did this doom him to a life of loneliness and sadness? In his old age, as he died alone on the streets, did he wish he was comforted in a bed by his loved ones? God. <laughs> Obviously, if he was on the show in 1980, he's been dead for a long time.
1: My God. Just bringing us down. Just bringing us down like this Columbo episode did.
0: What's what's your five-star final?
1: Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? before we cast off?
0: <laughs> I, I My thoughts about Boomer. I've moved on. <laughs> I've wandered over into a new town. Boomer Town. Are you
1: going to leave me? <laughs> You're going to Boomer Town without me?
0: He's Boomer.
1: <laughs> I think you wanted Boomer to be your dog. That's what I think.
0: He was a good dog.
1: Not good enough, apparently.
0: Only on for like two seasons.
1: But it made a big impact on you, apparently.
0: March 1980 through August of 82.
1: What a glorious few months of those were. <laughs> you and Boomer against the world.
0: <laughs> so you've never seen this show did
1: they ever uh, did they ever have a, a dog episode of Columbo where like a, a scrappy dog comes and helps him solve a mystery and then moves on
0: obviously he has a dog yeah but I, I don't think he ever helps him relate with a case does he oh
1: I miss some gold they should have made Patrick McGowan do that episode
0: <sighs> It's pretty uh, boomer here's boomer had a great guest star list. Natalie Schaefer. that of course is TV's Mrs. Howell. Gene Rayburn, Meadowlark Lemon, what a dream team. Jonathan Frakes, Tom Bosley.
1: Well, I guess I'll do my five star final if if we're done. If we're, I think we're done, I think when we're looking for other shows to talk about on the episode about an episode, that's that's a pretty sad sign, right? Yeah. I would say that the last salute to the Commodore plunges like a sinking ship.
2: Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenlee, was no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com.
1: You can follow us on Twitter at MysteryToMe. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at Mystery to Me Podcast on Facebook and Instagram.
2: And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at Mystery to Me Podcast at gmail.com.
1: We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T O.
2: Thanks, Thanks so much, much for, for
1: listening. listening.